Ladies and gentlemen, your Dallas Stars are back in action at home tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. And on today's show, I'll be joined by Saad Youssef of The Athletic to talk all about this matchup. Uh, we'll talk about both teams and the playoff implications for both. Talk a little bit of uh, trade talk about the Dallas Stars and whether or not they'll be buyers or sellers. And then, of course, give our predictions and thoughts on this game. All of this coming up on a midweek edition of Locked on Stars. <laughs> Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars, credentialed member of the media, coming to you on this Wednesday, February 23rd, a Dallas Stars game day. They'll be taking on their division rivals, the Winnipeg Jets, yet again. Uh, feels like not too long ago, these teams were matching up on a Friday night in Dallas, and what ended up being a thrilling overtime victory for the boys in Victory Green. But in just a moment, I'll be joined by Saad Youssef of The Athletic. He covers the Dallas Stars uh, through there to talk all about this big matchup. But before we do that, do you want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars. Whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen. Without any further hesitation, though, let's get right into today's episode with Saad Youssef. Welcome in, everyone. Dane Lewis here, joined by friend of the show, Saad Youssef, writing for The Athletic, covering the Dallas Stars, here to talk a little bit about tonight's matchup between Dallas and Winnipeg. And Saad, how are you today? I'm doing good, Dane. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, super pumped to have you on the show, as uh, you know, I always am to have guests on the show, but especially um, someone like you who covers the Stars so closely and uh, always provides really good insight and kind of on that note, uh, something I talked about earlier this week on the show um, on a mailbag episode uh, that I wanted to run by you as well, just because I know, again, you're you're close to this team and covering it and uh, know a lot about the the history of the team and the players. And that is uh, the, the idea of a, a Mount Rushmore, if you will, for the Dallas Stars as far as players. And uh, I gave my list out last week and I uh, was kind of curious to see, you know, who you would have on that list, the four players that it's kind of hard to tell the story of the Dallas Stars without maybe because of the impact they've had on the franchise. So uh, who would be those four guys for you? That is a really good question. And it's, it's a tough one because, you know, it's, it's all about how you phrase it. Like, you know, who can you not tell the story of the stars without like, obviously like Brett Hull, just because of the, the goal mm -hmm. would be one, but I wouldn't say he's one of the top four stars of all time, but like, you know, just that moment was such a big one. Um, obviously Mike Madonna, number one. So that's, that's an easy one. And then after that, I would say, you know, for me, I would say Lettinen and Zubov are probably two and three, um, for me. And then after that, it gets pretty dicey. You could go with Ed Belfour, uh, you could go with him. Um, you could go with, uh, you could go with Darian Hatcher. Um, and you can go with Jamie Ben, I think. So, um, I don't know. That's that's a that's a tough one. I think I think for me it'd be between those guys though for the fourth one. Um kind of copping out there because I gave you six names, but 
but uh, but I would say for sure Madonna, Lettinen, and Zubov. And then after that, I, I might lean Belfour, but I would also not be opposed to Hatcher. And also Jamie Ben has also, you know, it, you have to not be prisoner of the moment and, and the disappointment of the present and uh, and think big picture. And I think big picture, uh, Jamie's in that conversation to be number four. But yeah, those cup those cup winners are definitely up there for the top three, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree 100%. Our, our lists are very similar, and even some of my honorable mentions are guys that, that you mentioned, Belfer and, uh, you know, Hatcher, and I even, you know, threw in Brendan Morrow's name just because he was a captain for this team, and Brett Hull, like you said, didn't play for the Stars that long, certainly not considered one of the better players in Stars franchise history, but, you know, such a, a key player to the overall story of this organization. And so I, I think Jamie Ben's fair. He was kind of, he was my fourth last in as well. I mean, Winning the Art Ross Trophy as a member of the Dallas Stars, I think, is big, you know, in its own right. Um, but also just being a captain for this team for so long. And, yeah, it's a little bit more difficult, I guess, in more recent seasons as, as he's uh, fallen off a little bit statistically. But, you know, still a, a very present guy on this team and still finding ways to uh, contribute and lift the team up. Uh, I guess and we even saw that last time that, that the Stars and Jets met up. Yeah. And I mean, also, like, you know, I wouldn't discount Marty Turco. I mean, mm. the, the run that he had in Dallas as well. Um, also impressive in his own right, um, you know. But but yeah, uh, Joe Noondyke, obviously. But but yeah, I think uh, I think there's 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 a lot of guys who you can probably put in that four category. Um, and it, and like I said, it, all, it just all kind of depends on what your uh, rubric is at that point of you know overall player impact, what they meant to the team when they were in that Jersey, just a lot of different, uh, a lot of different rubrics you could use. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, also affirming to me that, that Sergei Zuboff was also on your list. I put him on mine being afraid that maybe recency bias played in there, but I think, uh, you know, even without his number being retired this season, I think if you just look back and see the impact he had, he was such a, a key player for this team and was really, I, I think up until his last season was never below 30 points as a Dallas star and really kind of paved the way for, you know, the modern NHL defenseman, or at least offensive minded defenseman, whether that's, you know, Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, or even, you know, Miro Haskin and John Klingberg at times for the stars. Yeah. I think John Klingberg, especially more so than even Miro. I think Miro is more of a complete defenseman, whereas John is, you know, more of the flexing the offense. So yeah, I think, I think when you, when you look at uh, the impact of Zubov, it definitely, um, you, de I mean, Klingberg's going for a lot of his franchise records and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just uh, it's a more direct parallel, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, really interesting to hear, you know, your thoughts on that. And uh, I know we had a lot of the same players. Madonna, a pretty easy one to to put there. The best American born player pretty much in NHL history and uh, lighten in as well. Um, just a, a standout guy and obviously held in high regard by the Dallas Stars organization and the fan base as his uh, number 26 is in the Raptors alongside 56 and nine and uh you know, maybe we'll see Jamie Ben's number thrown up there someday. I feel like it's, uh, you know, kind of up in the air, but only history will tell. But kind of moving on from that, we do have a game to talk about, a big game uh, for both of these teams because the Stars and Jets both still fighting for that second wild card spot. The Jets at this time, at the time of recording, only four points back of the Stars, although they are coming off uh, two losses, one to the Edmonton Oilers and most recently against the Calgary Flames, which kicked off, uh, I believe, a four-game road trip for them. So this stop in Dallas will be game two of four on a road trip for them and uh, a lot at stake for both these teams. And I feel like, especially for Winnipeg, uh, this stretch of games, these road games are going to be very telling of whether or not they're going to be looking to buy 
or sell at the deadline? What what how do you think that Winnipeg is approaching this game? Uh, just kind of from the mindset of still trying, you know, still in the playoff picture, but also maybe looking to, you know, sell some guys at the trade deadline and maybe build towards the next few seasons. Yeah, I think I think the pressure is is going to be more on Dallas um, just because just because of where we know this team was coming into the season. What we know is at stake for them at the trade deadline and in, in whether they're going to be buyers or sellers. And obviously just the fact that Dallas is a few points ahead of Winnipeg um, with a game in hand, I believe. So, um, you know, I think that all that stuff plays a role in it. But at the same time, like, you know, it, it's big for both. But I think Winnipeg would probably, you know, they had a coaching change and, and all this stuff. I, I think they would be more um quickly uh, they would be more prone to a to a to be a sellers at the deadline dallas really 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 does not want to be sellers at the deadline they do not want that to happen they're like if if they can if they can logic their way into any way to not be sellers uh they will do so and so that's why for them winning these games against uh against the teams that you're going up against honestly like but for both teams coming off a loss but you have Winnipeg coming off a loss to the hottest team in the NHL and you have Dallas coming off a loss to the worst, one of the worst <laughs> teams in the NHL. So um, if the stars at home don't have something for Winnipeg um, with two days rest after a loss to the Coyotes, it's going to be very, very, very telling um, because then they're going to have to turn around and play Nashville the next day. So, um, and that's going to be on the road. So, I think that's all, all those things is uh, is stuff that like, you know, you have to consider for both teams. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, you can replace your candy bar with Built Bars. They're better than a typical candy bar because they're healthier for you because candy bars can typically range from 200 to 300 calories. Go to built.com right now and scroll down to their macros chart and you'll be blown away. They're high in protein, low calorie, and with high fiber and low carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about taste and they make it taste delicious first and then figure out a way to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. You can go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you mentioned, yeah, and I agree that the Stars don't want to be sellers at the deadline because so many big names on this team, uh, whether that's Klingberg, Pavelski, which we know Klingberg might be gone by the end of the season, regardless of if he gets traded or not. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned, you know, the stars don't want to be sellers, but if they don't sell, do you kind of see the stars being kind of idle by the trade deadline? Or do you think they maybe try to go out uh, and get a rental to close out the season, especially if they, you know, exceed some of the expectations in this next month or so and and find themselves kind of securely in a playoff spot? Yeah, with their cap situation, uh, it's going to be a little tough. They are a bit against the cap. But at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, with people that I've talked to in the organization, um, they haven't ruled out the fact that there could be a money in money out situation of maybe, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, where they ship out a player, but also bring in a player that can help in the present. 
Um, it would likely be a player that's struggling right now in Dallas and could probably use a change of scenery. Also somebody, by the way, who can have their contract move just so people don't start saying Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan, like those things are not happening. So, um, so yeah, I think I, I wouldn't rule a money in money out situation, but you're not, if you're the Dallas stars with your cap situation, you're not getting any kind of rental. This is not 2019 where you have the the luxury to go get a Matt Zuccarello and, and, you know, make a real, real splash. Like, I mean, if they're buyers, quote unquote buyers, they're really just patching up their bottom six or the third pairing. Like they're not making it won't, they, they're not going to be sending any shockwaves through trade deadline if they're uh, buyers now sellers complete opposite, right? They could, they, they could, uh, they could have, they they could be the team that makes the biggest waves if they're sellers with John Klingberg and Joe Pavelski and perhaps even Braden Holpe. But, um, but buyers, I, I don't think they're going to really make much noise. Mm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like you said, the cap totally playing into that. And also, you know, there's so many other desirable locations, if you will, for some of these guys, whether that's, you know, Claude Giroux or uh, I know Marc-Andre Fleury is not a guy that the stars would consider given their goalie situation, but a lot of these bigger names, I mean, they're, they're going to look to go to these, you know, your Colorado's or your Florida type teams, those caliber of teams that are, you know, looking to legitimately make it to the Stanley cup finals. And so, yeah, I, I think the stars could potentially, you know, make the biggest waves. Like you said, if they're, if they're sellers and, and, you know, crack all the headlines, but if they're buyers or, uh, you know, if they don't sell, I think that it could be a pretty quiet trade deadline for them, which, you know, might not be the worst thing because, uh, you know, at their best, they have a, a good core that can string together some nice wins. But uh, there, there's also a lot of inconsistency. And we saw that uh, on Sunday night against the Coyotes, like you mentioned, one of, uh, if not the worst team in the NHL up there with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, who last night against the Maple Leafs actually looked like one of the better teams. But that's neither here nor there. But what did we see, or I guess what did you see from them on Sunday against the Coyotes that they need to correct and you know flip over for this home game? Because they looked good early on in this road trip. I mean, Colorado, last Tuesday, they beat them in their own building quite soundly. And then Friday, not the best showing, but they still find a way to win there against Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, who you know had a great game in his own right. And then against the worst team in the league on Sunday, they can only muster one goal that kind of ricochets off uh, you know, a few guys in front of the net. What what can the Stars do to correct some of their wrongdoings Sunday and, and you know, try to force a win here at home against the Jets? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff that we've talked about, uh, you know, for them throughout the season. One, um, the five-on-five offense is just, has just been really bad. And that's not, this, that's not this recent stretch. That's not Sunday. That's literally the last four years, three or four years, ever since uh, Hitch came. So, I would say the five-on-five offense is always going to be something. Now, what was more troubling to me uh, about Sunday was we know the five-on-five offense is not good, but now you're on the power play and you have one of the best power play units statistically in the NHL going against the worst PK unit and you're not able to crack through and score a power play goal in multiple opportunities. To me, that was a troubling sign. Um, Also, just, uh, just the fact that like, uh, they came out of the gate slow. You look at their third period; they were they were you know putting all the pressure on the Coyotes and things like that. But they came out of the gate so slow. And you know we talked to Rick Bonus today uh, here Tuesday at practice, and uh, you know he kind of mentioned the human nature of uh, of you know when you know that a team is is just so much more inferior, you kind of let your foot off the gas. And he kind of referenced you know that that Montreal Toronto game 
you know, where Montreal got up 5 nothing real quick. Uh, now, you know, I get it, and, like, that's fine if, like, you know, uh, if you're talking about a team that is like Toronto, that, like, you know, is number three in their division. They're not on the – they're literally, I believe, like, you know, uh, six, seven, seven points away from falling out of the wild card picture. Um, I don't think they can really. The, the Eastern Conference really has their A team set. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 if you're Dallas, like what are you doing in the 49th game of the season, taking any opponent so lightly when when you dug yourself such a hole at the beginning of the season? So that was a little troubling to hear that the fact that like yeah, it's human nature, but this is a very veteran team that should know better. So. Those are all things that I think, you know, that your power play has to be better. Um, your five-on-five offense has to be better, but I'm not sure that that's going to happen. So um, so in that case, you know, have to rely on the power play, and they have to be better there. Yeah, they really need to get that uh, that man advantage unit going. That's been such a strength for them whenever they've, you know, like we said, been at their best. But, yeah, as of late, certainly not looked quite the same. Seemed to reignite itself a little bit last Tuesday against Colorado. Joe Pavelski even kind of reigniting himself after kind of coming out of the gates a little bit slow after All-Star Weekend. And, uh, yeah, hopefully maybe it's just because they were playing on the road away from home. And, obviously, like you said, this is only a a one-game stop before having to go to Nashville on Thursday, uh, which is going to be, you know, that's a tough back-to-back regardless of which buildings you play in, but especially to, to have to go to Nashville where the crowd's always rowdy and, uh, you know, they, they obviously have a, you know, don't like the Dallas Stars there very much. And I know Stars fans don't like the Predators. So, uh, and kind of like looking into this Winnipeg Jets matchup, Kyle Connor, obviously the big name on this Jets roster. And the Stars actually did a relatively good job of shutting him down the last time these teams met. He got one assist uh, on that last goal that, that the Jets scored um, at the end of regulation to force overtime. But uh, what did the Stars do well in that game to stop him in your eyes? Or really, what did they do? Um, well defensively in that game despite giving up three goals and what do they need to do tonight in this matchup to shut down him and the other offenses whether that's a uh, Shifley or uh, um, I'm blanking on his name now but I know he scored a goal against the Stars as well what do they need to do defensively to kind of shut down this this seemingly top heavy uh, Winnipeg Jets team yeah I mean a a few things like one they just need to they need to play disciplined um that they have to stay, you know, within within their defensive structure. They can't let they can't let the uh, they can't let the Jets um, connect on pucks stick to stick. Like the, you you can't let them get flowing at all. Um, it, it, that holds true for a lot of teams, but I think especially this team. Once they really do get in that flow and that rhythm, um, it, it's kind of much like the Stars on the other side. Like you know, once the Stars kind of get going and have some flow to their game. They're actually a pretty decent looking, uh, decent looking offensive team at times. It just doesn't happen ever. Um, but like, yeah, with the Jets, I would say you have to just play technically sound. Like you can't have, and, and it has to be beyond just one or two guys. It can't just be Miro. It can't just be uh, a checking line. It has to be from top to bottom. Um, you just can't have any leaks. And uh, and I'll be really curious to see how uh, Rick Bonus decides to approach this goaltending um, schedule with these two, with, with his back-to-back. Because you know Jake's not going to play both, but I think you also know that Jake's going to play one. Um, do you play Jake at home against Winnipeg, or do you play Braden uh, at home against Winnipeg and let Jake play in Nashville? And I think that's also something that obviously plays into the defense, just the goaltending and, uh, and how good uh, they're going to be on the back end. But 
I think more than anything, they have to just make sure that they create a little bit of chaos and uh, stay structured and and not let the puck flow so loosely, uh, freely um, when the, when the Jets have the puck. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Today's episode is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have access to rockauto.com on your computer at home or in your pocket with your mobile phone. Save time and money with using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years because they provide reliably low prices for every single customer. And they have everything that your car could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. If you need it, they got it. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And, and you mentioned Miro, and I know we talked about him a little bit earlier, uh, being more of a, a pure defensive defenseman. And I know we've talked about before, and I've talked about even, you know, just on other episodes of how good he is with his stick and his ability to skate defensively. We even saw it uh, in Chicago on Friday night. Uh, what is, I mean, obviously his defense is a nice part of his game, but uh, do you think that there's any chance this season that maybe we see his offensive game pick up a little bit more? I know it's his numbers maybe a little bit lacking this season uh, based on maybe some of the expectations with his new contract. Uh, do you think that that's, you know, may, obviously there's a lot of problems with the five on five offense for the stars, but do you think maybe getting him going adds a new dimension to the stars offense that can make them a little bit more of a threat down the stretch this season? I, I, I don't know. It's, it's not that I don't think he can. I just don't know that we see it this with the way the stars want to play. And also the other thing is like, I know a lot of people uh, like to be really critical of the system that the stars play. And, and, and a lot of some of that is fair game, but there's another thing to, understand with Miro's offensive game and it's the fact that he's a very um what, what's the word he's a very technically sound um player so he doesn't look to make plays outside of the plays that are there to be made which is sometimes a source of frustration for for not just people watching but even some people w- within the organization would like to see Miro kind of bend the rules and go outside the box because he is such a special player. He is such a special talent that he can take over at times. But Miro, instead, he has a tendency to just make the right play all the time, um, which is not a bad thing. But it's also just, you know, when you have such a special player, you want to see him go outside a little bit and Mm -hmm. get a little bit extra creative, things that just other players can't do. Uh, You know, you see Connor McDavid, you see Kale McCarr do it. Um, Miro has some of the same potential, but... 
but he likes to play within the within the system. He likes to play and make the right plays. So for that reason, I'm not sure that we would see Miro necessarily explode offensively in the in the latter half of of this season. But I definitely think the potential is there. I think that he has the ability to do so. I just don't think that we see it right now. Mm. Yeah, I find myself always kind of putting him not obviously not above any of the names like uh, McCarr or Fox or, you know, even Victor Hedman and and Tampa Bay. But whenever you mention some of the best defensemen, especially young defensemen in the NHL, uh, I like to always throw Miro in there, even though his offensive number is not quite the same. But yeah, hopefully, you know, maybe maybe one day, whether it's, you know, in the offseason, he works on it a little bit more. But I would love to see his offensive numbers improve, because like you said, he's such a special player and clearly going to be a member of this franchise for quite a while now. And so, uh, you know, and and even if John Klingberg, uh, like, you know, like we've been saying, does leave, whether it's at the trade deadline or in the offseason, would love to see Miro kind of, you know, step in and pick up some more offensive numbers there as well. And you talked about the goaltending situation for tonight and Thursday's game. Uh, in Nashville, um, and you said you don't know who we would start on which night, but at this moment in time, who would you like to see in each game personally? I I, I would like to see Braden at home um, and Jake on the road. I give Jake another day, and also Jake is coming off of three really good road performances. Braden hasn't played in a while, so give Braden the comfort um, uh, of a home routine. Give him the home crowd. And uh, and kind of let him get going there. And you've already seen that Jake has been really comfortable on the road. Um, he, he obviously, you know, in Colorado, Chicago, and even Arizona, he was just fine. So I think I think just with the home road thing, I would like I would give Jake the game in Nashville and let Braden uh, play at home against Winnipeg. I, I agree there. And I just didn't know if you would have a, an inverse perspective. And uh, of course, would always want to hear that. But yeah, I agree. I think. One, yeah, Braden not playing in a while. And the last time he did play a tough outing against Colorado, but Winnipeg, not as much of a, an offensive juggernaut as Colorado. So maybe a little bit of an opportunity to get his mojo back. And because we've seen some nice performances from Holt through this season, but probably, you know, nothing like we've seen from Ottinger in the past week getting, you know, third star honors from the National Hockey League in general. And uh, that, that game in Nashville is going to be big as well, especially if they can get the win uh, against the Jets, if they can, you know, pull off uh, two back to back wins. Um, and, you know, keep it, keep pace in that wild card playoff race. I think that that'd be huge. And I think both these goalies know that they're going to have to, you know, play a big role in that. And I'm excited to see uh, who we get between the pipes in each game and how they perform. But before we, uh, we wrap up here, so I just kind of want to get your final thoughts on the game. What is your prediction wise for score? And then maybe a, a first goal scorer for the Dallas stars tonight. Um, I will go with stars winning three to two and, Give me the first goal to be Rope Hints. I think it's going to be, I think the Minutemen are going to make a return. And I think it'll be very early in the game, first minute or so, first first two minutes, first two, three minutes. Um, and we'll see Rope Hints and that top line do their thing and score a goal. But yeah, I don't, I don't really see, last time they played, you know, it was a 3-3 game going into overtime. And I think, that again, this time it's going to be a relatively low scoring game. And uh, I can see Dallas winning at three to two, but they need to do that um, in regulation. They need to do it, um, you know, without spotting Winnipeg a point. I know there's a little bit of buffer in the standings, but still it's a team that's competing with you for that final wild card spot. So you need to take command. 
Yeah, 100%. Every point matters for the Stars and what they gain, but also, yeah, like you said, you don't want to, you know, surrender a, a point to Winnipeg in overtime and play another close game in that regard. Or you can play a close game, but like you said, you want it to be in regulation. Yeah, I think scoring in the first minute would be huge for the Stars team if kind of how Sunday went. I know that they're, you know, probably going to hopefully come out pretty quick and on fire and look to to hit this Winnipeg team fast and hard and i think scoring quick would also get the crowd into it uh, as if the dallas stars fans need a reason to to be rowdy and loud because they they typically always are but especially a goal in the first minute or 30 seconds especially from uh the Minutemen, whether it's group a joe or jason robertson would be monumental for the stars momentum wise in this game and hopefully uh lead to a win so i'll i'll, I'll ride the coattails of that score prediction i think three to two is fair uh i'll go top line also i'll say jason robertson but also wouldn't mind to see joe pavelski get things going at home uh, because, like I said, he's been a little little shaky coming out of the All-Star break, but you know, still having some good minutes, but would like to see him start racking up the assists and goals yet again. But, Saad, thank you so much for coming on the show once again, and uh, we'll uh, hope to have you on sometime later this season and even into the postseason if the Stars make it that far. Absolutely. Always always a pleasure to join you, Dane. Well, I certainly hope you guys enjoyed that episode, uh, that conversation that Saad and I got to have talking about tonight's big matchup between the Stars and the Jets. Uh, really hope the Stars can get the win in this one and then carry that momentum over into a Thursday night date with the Nashville Predators. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Fantasy Hockey podcast. You guys uh, heard me talk with Steel Roden of Locked on Fantasy Hockey earlier this week. Be sure to go check him and Flip Livingstone out every single weekday for all your NHL fantasy insight news, updates, position rankings, you name it. Uh, anything that has to do with fantasy hockey, they got you covered there. So be sure to go check them out wherever you get your podcast at. Be sure to tune into tomorrow's episode as we'll be breaking down this game between the Stars and Jets and then previewing Thursday night's game between the Stars and Preds going down in Nashville, in Music City, USA. Going to be a big game there as well. But you can also find me on Twitter. Give me a follow at Dane Double underscore Lewis. You can also find the show on Twitter at Locked on Stars. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the Locked on Stars podcast as well wherever you listen and no matter how you listen the show is always 100% free we will see you tomorrow stars fans have a great wednesday